and a one and a two and a three four five hello welcome to the house of strauss everybody on this friday night we are waiting we are waiting for the great amin to make an an entrance sorry i can barely speak english here the great amin al hassan make an entrance i know he got off a plane you know we're going to endeavor to find him but i just want to kick this off Folks, I can maybe do some of the expository for all of you out there. So, I wrote an article today. Uh, It has done quite well for the website, if I do say so myself. It might have even, I don't know, set a record for me. Uh, And it's done all of this curiously, interestingly, as far as I can see, uh, without getting aggregated. You know, maybe I can search around the internet, maybe in some deep, dark corner it has been, but it's not exactly getting shared around. It's not exactly getting uh, passed back and forth among my fellow media members. And I get why. I understand it. It is sharply critical of the most powerful media member at ESPN, NBA anyway. Um, It describes the scenario that I found completely bizarre, maybe even unbelievable, even if it fit a pattern. The article on Substack is called uh, Adrian Adrian Wojnarowski Trades Away the Story. And it is about, uh, some would say, the misreporting, the misreporting of the Simmons-Harden trade that happened between Wednesday and Thursday. And we're going to get a mean on. We're going to get a mean on. We're inviting him to speak. I think he's on. I think we might have him. I think he might be here. Oh, he just needs to damn. unmute. There we go. Yeah. There we go. I, mean, oh. I have to be a lot more. I have to be a lot more careful with the mm. mute button. Perhaps of my experience last time when I tried to hit mute and ended up leaving the room and all hell broke loose. So yeah. now I'm. I know what to do I'm, without you. I mean, we were lost without you in those brief I'm, moments. So I'm. I'm being ginger now. Every time I. I choose to mute or unmute well well you know when we think of you we think of ginger we think of uh subtlety and that's what we're getting here so i mean i already did some throat clearing expository but i should do a little bit more because i i would assume everybody here probably knows the subject material but you never know you never know particularly all of our friends who uh are in the room here under an alias who works somewhere, perhaps, who are interested about the goings-on about a, maybe a company they work at. <laughs> I, perhaps. I see you guys. I love you. I miss you all. <laughs> <laughs> perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. Well, I'll, I'll give a quick expository. Hopefully, I won't screw it up. So, folks out there, if you're not giant NBA fans, there was this big rumored deal between the Sixers and the Nets. They both had disgruntled stars. The Nets had James Harden. The Sixers had Ben Simmons. Now, Brian Windhorst at ESPN on Wednesday, as the trade deadline, the Thursday trade deadline was approaching, he said on television, on Mike Greenberg's television show, that these teams were in the deal zone. And that these players were going to be swapped and they were working on it. Now, this was not a surprise to people in the league. I'm sure, I mean, that you knew about this. I had heard, I had heard rumblings, right? I'm not even, I don't even have my ear to the ground like this. I'm not really plugged in like that. But I had, I had heard that. So that part was no surprise. The surprise is what happened later in the day when Adrian Wojnarowski, the lead newsbreaker for ESPN NBA. And if you watch the, uh, the the programming around the trade deadline, he is really being promoted as the guy who knows everything. It's almost like that Stump the Schwab show they used to have, the guy who knew all of trivia. It's like this guy is all the news. Uh, he's asked about it by Mike Greenberg. And he says that, I, I, I'm paraphrasing that to just the best of his knowledge, that's not an accurate report, that he does not believe that to be accurate contradicting what Windhorst has said. Now, when I saw that, I mean, when I said... Uh-oh. Are you there? Yeah. 
their subject article. Read the quote, bring it right there with a lot more reasonable. Uh oh. Hello. Uh oh. Amin. Hello. Okay, now you're now you're coming through Bye. clear. It was garbling. It was garbling. I, I was saying you, you have the quote in your Substack article, don't? Because your paraphrasing makes it seem very tame. He was a mm-hmm. lot more forceful in his language. And if you if you take a look at, you know, if you got into assuming you guys are here because you are subscribers to the House of Strauss, right? Mm-hmm. The exact quote, and I'm looking up through my email, through the... Oh, this is the audio version. I don't want this. Where's the radio <laughs> one? Well, okay, okay, okay. Let you, me, let me, I, I have the quote Wait, right hold here. Hold on, hold on. Why do you have an audio version? Is this just like a, a way to create more content, like to check more content boxes? Kind of like uh, when <laughs> uh, music artists come out with a double album, a double CD, not because they have so many songs, but because that counts as two albums and not one? I would say there is about a quarter to a third of the subscribers who prefer to consume the article this way. And it's been good value added. And zeros. So, uh, hey, they, they like it that way. And there seems to be an overlap, especially among the tech pro set, if I'm just stereotyping, oh, who prefer yeah. to consume it this way. That's where the money is, the tech pros. <laughs> That's where the money is. You got to keep the subscribers happy. But look, I've got the quote right here. Um, Woj said... In reference to Windhorse on Mike Greenberg's show, right now there's no negotiation going on between Philadelphia and Brooklyn. The idea that they are going back and forth that's been surmised by some, I don't believe that to be accurate. And then he gets a little more conclusive. He says, again, deadlines create action. People hold out and there's always a lot of posturing. But I think Brooklyn thinks right now its best path is to get Kevin Durant back, James Harden healthy, and Kyrie Irving on the court. Get those three together again after the All-Star break. It's not a perfect or ideal scenario with James Harden right now, but I think barring a flurry of negotiations and activity that hasn't happened yet, I think James Harden is likely to be with the Nets. I, I, I mean, I, I mean, how did you react to this? Because when I heard this at the time, like I was hearing differently. And it was just so strange. But yeah. did part of you think like maybe this guy's got something up his sleeve and it, it's going to go a different way because he just sounds, I mean, this is a quite a strange limb that he's going out on. Yeah. You know, for me, Ethan, regardless of at the time when he said it, I said, regardless of who's right, who's wrong, this is the first time people have had conflicting report. Guys have their sources. Their sources insist certain things. It happens all the time, right? It would have been, I said it to you in our group chat. Uh, it would have been real easy for him to say, "Hey, I know Brian's hearing this. I'm hearing the exact opposite. I I can't call like a regular adjusted person would acknowledge there's another viewpoint on this, but say, "Hey, man, I'm hearing something completely different," and also allow for, "Hey, I don't know everything." We'll see how it goes, right? The idea that the, the, there's two things here. One is like a complete inability to ever admit I might not have it right, mm. right? That's one, right? Let's just assume that there's a universe of other things and it's like, I, maybe I got it wrong, right? Like I'm not going to bat a thousand on these. There, there's that part. But even if you leave that acknowledgement out, like to pretty much belittle and bash the Opposing opinion, who's someone who works for the same employer that you do, right? But surmised yeah. by some this real passive aggressive dismissal, dismissal of an ostensibly a teammate. That's the part where I'm saying that's who he is, right? Now that if, is, now, if it was, yeah, if it, if I bet you, if on Wednesday the the report came out as a tweet, sources say the Nets and the Sixers have entered the deal zone. Uh, sources tell ESPN's Brian Winters and Adrian Wojnarowski, I don't think we'd have a, a a conflict there. But the fact that Brian came out with this when he did, without the blessing or whatever you want to call it, I think that's what this is partially about. It's the idea that, hey, you subverted protocol. And because of that, I'm going to do my best to taint your reporting. I It, it certainly seemed that way. And... Look, 
once it happened, I'm just watching and thinking, okay, well, I've heard that this deal's going to happen. So let's see it all go down. Let's see it play out. It goes down. And really, you get the signal that's that it's inevitable Thursday morning, because this happens on Wednesday where he contradicts Windhorst reporting. Thursday morning is when the damage control starts. And here's what's so strange to me, Amin. And look, a lot of this, maybe we can tease out actual threads about whatever's going on in, in sports media and NBA media. But I'm just gawking at this because it's one of the stranger things I've seen take place. And I know it's going to get memory old because people won't have incentive to bring it up again. You know, when people go, hey, what was crazy around free agency or the trade deadline? They're going to bring out something cute like the uh, the emoji war to get DeAndre Jordan to come back to the Clippers, something like that. You know, they're not going to want to bring up this. But this was so weird because, okay, I get it. You know, Woj for whatever reason, I don't know why, started misleading people about the nature of what was happening and telling them that these sides weren't talking when they were. Very strange, but we all make mistakes. It happens. I get it. You would think that the next day when it's time to do damage control, when the trade's going to be inevitable, that he would just go, hey, so it turns out that they're talking and, you know, got to give it to my teammate, give it up mm-hmm. to my teammate, Brian. He uh, He was on this first. And, you know, job well done. And here's here's what's going on. Here's the deal. You know, you would think that would be the normal way to do this. But I'm watching it and it seems like I'm watching state television in a in a in a country that's a dictatorship. It's bizarre propaganda where he starts talking about how oh, they just started. They just started talking about right now in the last 10 minutes. Uh, they haven't <laughs> talked in years. But all of a sudden, last 10 minutes, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> It's insane, and it's so self-conscious. He's he's nervous and sweaty, and he's he's going. Uh, so he just leads off with it because I I bet people watching for the most part aren't tracking all of this, right? They're they're just you know telling me about the trade deadline. But he goes, well, Brooklyn and Philadelphia really started to negotiate in earnest today. Today, you know, and uh, I was told uh, Philadelphia checked it in previous days, uh, but it just it just started today. And he's just obsessed with telling everybody that it started today, which, again, as I pointed out in my in my article, it would make Brian Windhorst the luckiest reporter in the history of reporting, you know, to conjure falsely that two sides were talking about a trade when they weren't talking at all and have that trade actually happen within 24 hours. But, 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 but even like again, I think I want to I want to drill back. I don't want to make yeah. it about Brian is right and Adrian is wrong because no. nobody gets it right every single time. No, I want to make it. I want to highlight, I guess, the idea that this guy was incapable of just like tipping the cap to a teammate. I get, you know what? I would have even understood it if it was Chris Haynes. Right, because Chris Haynes yeah. works for a rival outlet, and with everything in this territory, like we, you know, we can't give it up or whatever. But it's like, dude, this guy is your coworker. Why wouldn't you be collaborative? Not even collaborative. Just tip your cap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's 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 like the, it's and, and you know people. Oh, this is competitive. No, it's not. Because again, I keep telling you people. It's a meaningless competition. It means nothing who broke it first, right? Because at the end of the day, if Adrian hadn't behaved the way he behaved in these last two or three days, if he had just been like, oh, maybe Brian's right. I don't know. I'm hearing something different. And then, or, at the, you know what, guys? Brian had it yesterday. I got to tip my cap to him. If he does it that way, two years from now, we don't remember. No. Who broke this news? And the example I would give to this, and you you included it in your write-up, is the Chris Haynes, Gordon Hayward news break. The only reason I remember that Chris Haynes was the person who broke Hayward is going to the Celtics and leaving the Jazz is because Adrian pulled a similar stunt when Chris was a teammate at ESPN. He uh, undercut the reporting. He didn't even allow for like, hey, maybe Chris is hearing different. Same kind of thing of just kind of this passive aggressive attack of the reporting, which of course turned out to be 100% accurate. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, it, it, I don't know whether to call it human because it's a human flaw. Just the inability to, to give credit, to give credit to a teammate. 
in a way you're it's a cover-up is worse than the crime right because if you just do that it's fine nobody cares much Woj is it's almost like how there are certain institutions that have this cachet that is very difficult to blemish you know harvard could do a terrible job uh for decades and they'll still be harvard uh Woj is known as the lead guy on these things. And it's a brand in the way that uh, Xerox is making a copy. And so he's fine. You just show a little bit of deference, a little bit of humility. We we all move on. I, I just found it, again, bizarre. And I know that, again, it's not going to be talked about or referenced, but to turn it into this elaborate, um, is it too much to say lie? Uh, that this was all happening today and creating a fake timeline for well, the sake of saving like... face on television is just, it's just amazing to me. It's amazing. Oh, you watch it and you go, how do I trust any sort of analysis from this individual? I know this trade didn't start yesterday. That is totally illogical. And yet he is trying to sell me on it when it's clearly false. It's just completely mind boggling. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't like calling it a lie to get it wrong. But yeah, you're right. The, 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 when it happens for him to rewrite history to fit that, oh, I'm still all-knowing and all-powerful. It, 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 it is, it, you know what it rings of? It rings of the, in The Wizard of Oz after they, pull, they pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Like, even after it's so ridiculously obvious, he still <laughs> wants to be, wants to believe, right, and wants to th- think that if I can continue with the charade, everyone else will just be hypnotized into believing it as well. Yeah, and I we could get into some of the dynamics about why what might have happened happened, um, and we'll take questions from people too if they want to ask questions about this whole this whole mess, this bizarre mess that that went down at ESPN. Oh, already people jumping into the queue. Mm. I hypothesize, and I I want your take on it as well, because you know about some of these dynamics, that there was an element of these these things are not reported dispassionately. It's all part of a machine, um, a frictionless machine over there at ESPN NBA of play ball with us. You know, we'll give you the coverage that you want and we'll put out the reporting. And in this particular case, you only had so many mouths to feed. Uh, Harden, James Harden, who is getting trashed in their coverage of this, by the way, and maybe fairly, maybe unfairly. But yeah, okay, yeah, so okay, that that's all right. Yeah, go, I'm sorry, I don't want to derail, but like at some point, that's something I want to talk about as well. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into that. Uh, doesn't have an agent, so it's not like there's anybody to take care of, since agents are the people who feed you the uh, the news break, you know, on Twitter when something happens. So nobody really to take care of there. Uh, Daryl Morey, he's an established GM slash whatever we want to call it. He has a different title, but he's effectively the GM of the Sixers. Uh, he, you don't really need to take care of Daryl. Um, you know, I'm just going down the line of this. Uh, and in, in the case of in the case of Clutch, it's not necessarily the the agency that represents Ben Simmons. Woj doesn't exactly you know have it in great with Clutch. Uh, just going down the line. Sean Marks, Sean Marks, uh, part of the San Antonio Spurs Mafia, Woj, and this is not an insult, you know, it's how you help build your career. He has deep roots with the Spurs Mafia, uh, Sean Marks, the GM of the Nets. Um, and Sean, oh, lo and behold, who is he represented by? Who is Sean Marks represented by? What agency? Mm. Oh, CAA, uh, the same agency that represents Adrian Mosnarowski. For some reason, they never see fit to tell us this. It's very curious. It's very interesting. It just seems like full disclosure might be good. Um, relatively new general manager, maybe not the most established, getting squeezed by Daryl Morey, maybe in need of some leverage. Uh, it seems like that was part of why there was some interference being run. Yes, I mean? I mean, I, it's I, you know me. I like to deconstruct when news comes out. Who does news? Uh, kind of when news gets leaked, who does it benefit? Right. So who does it benefit? We both. That, that, yeah. Who who does it benefit that the Harden and and the Sixers and the Nets haven't even spoken? 
why, who would benefit from that? You could say Harden, right? Because we had the report that <laughs> from Adrian that he wants to get traded, but he doesn't want anyone to know, which in and of itself was a bizarre, a bizarre middle ground to stake, right? Mm. Like before, before he came back on trade deadline day and said, yeah, actually we started talking the last, you know, really quickly now, right? Before that, there was, oh, Harden wants to get traded, but he doesn't want anyone to know. And, mm. oh, that would explain why someone thinks they're in the deal zone, right? It's just weird <laughs> kind of last gasp there. Um, but again, like none of it was helping Harden really. So you say Daryl, Daryl's the one who wanted to happen. So why would he want that the opposite to be out there? So, you know, process of elimination tells us that, you know, Brooklyn would be the team that has this desire. Uh, or the entity that has a desire for that to be uh, poo-pooed or had the cold water thrown on it. But I don't know. I mean, we're still we're playing kind of amateur detective when we do that. But, you know, it's, it, it's a reality. I think the, the ties that you point out, you know, it, it's circumstantial evidence, but it's like it is good circumstantial evidence. It's not like you said, Oh, Sean Marks went to Cal and Woj once mm. did a guest lecture at Cal. I'm like, no, 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 we're not talking about that. We're talking about very strong ties. San Antonio is a, a this is a known thing. This isn't us being armchair sleuths. It's a known thing that San Antonio is in thick with Adrian Wojnarowski, right? So it's not a stretch to believe that that, that um, relationship has crossed over to all the acolytes and disciples that have come out of the Spurs network to run their own organizations and teams. The CAA thing is the thing they should at least disclose. I'm not saying that it's that's the one we've, we've, we've had conversations about you and I uh, both on and, you know, on air and, and off air or whatever. The idea is that, look, if you're rep by somebody and you're reporting on somebody who's rep by the same people, like, it's the same thing as, like, when ABC writes a story about, oh, Book of Boba Fett, uh, Episode 7 gets Buffalo reviews or whatever. They also have to get the end. By the way, we're both owned by the Disney company. Yeah. It, it, it's not that, not that like, someone from The Mandalorian called someone at ABC News and said, okay, you need to write this story. That's not the point. The point is just, like, just for the sake of transparency, you let it be known. Yeah. Yeah. And that's maybe the theme of this, that it's okay to give in a little bit. It's okay to sacrifice a little bit of the mirage of being all knowing, of being all moral. You can say, hey, hey, I'm not perfect. Hey, hey. I've got a conflict of interest. Hey, hey, maybe Brian Windhorst got this story and I didn't get this story. But there's this kind of obsessive need, and it's probably indivisible from the way this individual has risen, uh, to be all things that to all people, or at least how they've sold it. And maybe I wouldn't really pick on it. Maybe I wouldn't really harp on it. Maybe it wouldn't really resonate as a story. I mean, but for it has an impact on that company's coverage of the NBA. I know, and I wrote about, there are people over there feel like they can't analyze basketball. It sounds crazy, but it gets in the way, apparently, of this frictionless machine they've set up, almost like uh, in that movie about the creation of McDonald's. I'm trying to even remember what it was called. It was really good, actually, um, with, with Keaton, where they developed the speedy system. You know, they're developing the speedy system over there. If you start analyzing the NBA, you're, you're fucking up the speedy system. You know, we've got a system here, buddy. We don't talk about anything interesting. It might piss off some agent or some GM. So our thing is we wait around and they feed us the news and then we write them a flattering tweet and that's what we do here. And I think it's caused their coverage to deteriorate. Am I being too harsh when I say that? Am I being too much of a nostalgist when I say that? Saying that the coverage from a few years ago was way better than it is right now at ESPN NBA. Well, I mean, I think reading your article or your Substack uh, enlightened me to that idea that news breaking used to be about people actually digging and doing news. And now it's about being the official PR arm of whatever entity, whether you're in good with this organization or that agent or this player, 
right? And and obviously, even within journalism, there is a certain level of relationship building, right? That's the reason why they gave you the scoop um, and not someone else. But the reality is it's, um, yeah, man, like it, it, it really is that. It's like when these guys report a lot of stuff, it's just because, yeah, it's known that, hey, when we're about to do something, uh, the first person we're going to text and tell the stuff is so-and-so. And again, you know, I think it, we should be clear. Adrian's not the only one doing this. No. Right? Like, I mean, this isn't like him and, and alone on an island. Um, yeah, everyone's got, like, their, you know, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I kind of, you know, I don't know. Just to, to no one's people. clean in this. This is like college. Right. This is like being a college basketball coach. Right. No, Nobody's totally clean and i was thinking about today man i'm not totally clean in in this there are storylines there are people who might be worth criticizing in uh the sports media space where i think about them and i go i like that guy you know you know yeah it's there it's there but i like that guy i I don't i don't really feel like it and i and i can I, i can say that i can do that because my thing isn't being all things to all people. I don't have a comprehensive view of, of everything, but it's a bit of a cop out. You know, there's a personal dynamic there. There's a personal relationship there. But I feel like it'd be, I could admit that. And it's just the inability to admit to some sort of flaw is causing a lot of consternation out there that doesn't need to be. So, okay, so here's what I want to do. Let's take a, a phone call a call in and then after that maybe get into your thoughts on the way Harden has been covered because I'm very curious right. what you think on that one. So let's go caller first and then Harden. Okay. Double A. Double A is the uh the, the handle here. Capital and lowercase. Are you there? Are you unmuted? I'm Hello. I am here. Hello. I wanted to ask a question because I'm I'm a basketball fan, right? And, but you have a very unique perspective because for most people, it's about basketball, not about reporting. It's kind of hard to tell what's happening on the reporting side. And to me, it seems kind of like the mafia, right? Like, it seems like, especially with Woj, where he's kind of like, he shows up and he's like, he has, he has a nice reputation here. It'd be a shame something happened to it, right? But he's like trying to like, <laughs> he, he gets leverage just by talking mess up to people who don't talk to him, right? And I, the one thing I was, was reacting to was your comment about him lying. And to me, I want to hear your reaction to this. It seems like like everyone's kind of lying. Like mm. They kind of know that they're the mouthpiece of these people who are feeding them information, which is mostly, not mostly, but probably a lot of it is like propaganda for their side, right? So it seems like par for the course. So it doesn't, it doesn't seem strange to me that he would actually lie. Okay, well, that's I, I like that, and I'm I'm removing you from the queue, or at least muting you. Oh, so wait a second, is that sound effect in the background? You, I mean? Okay, no, no that was, was him. I'm yeah. trying to figure out what that sound effect was. I felt it like it was like a video game. I felt like I was at a uh, hydroelectric plant, and it was like by the generators. <laughs> it was a very strange. I th- felt like I was in. Uh, was it Tron that movie where you're in yeah, the virtual Tron. reality? Yeah, that's what I felt like. That's what it evoked for me. But it was it was good. It was a good, good question. question, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So is everybody made a liar? So why not go a little bit further? And why would it be so shocking if somebody was dishonest in such an environment? What's your take on that? I mean, I mean, I think there's a difference between omitting where you get your information from or the means that you got your information versus putting out okay so again i think the way to keep this straight in your head is wednesday versus thursday wednesday is i reported something maybe right or maybe wrong and i think we can all get behind that the sin of wednesday was you undercut brian's reporting by saying by it's been surmised by some and all the other kind of language that again at every turn, every time he said something, it was also included something to uh, detract from the opposing report, right? The sin of Thursday is to not acknowledge you got it wrong, rather to report a 
series of events that just seems very highly unlikely. I don't want to call anyone a liar. Yeah. But I think we can agree. It's highly, highly, highly unlikely. I'll call it I'll call it a mind boggling premise, is what I would call it. There you go. So yeah, so the idea that that Brian Brian's point was incorrect, but somehow you know, it, it would be like if I said, you know, hey, I've got Mark Ruffalo in my room right now. And I was like, I mean, you're lying. You don't even know Mark Ruffalo. And then by complete coincidence, you know, in the last 20 minutes, Mark Ruffalo has actually made his way over to Mead's house. It, it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> I just, that's a great analogy. It's a great analogy. Look, you were wrong. You know, you were wrong about your hypothesis that Mark Ruffalo was coming up the stairs to your yeah. house. Um, but yet he's here and it just happened. Yep. <laughs> Uh, right? <laughs> oh, it's great. It's great. I mean, he's an interesting actor. Yeah, I, I don't. The, I don't want to get on a Ruffalo tangent, but I don't know. Just, I, I I don't I don't mind Ruffalo tangent. He's a great actor, man. I'm like you've seen. Uh, I know this much is true. Have you ever mm. seen that like, HBO miniseries? Uh, I I haven't seen that. I think I most associate him with the kids well, are all right. I think that's the really? movie. That's the Ruffalo movie to me. More than being the Incredible Hulk. Well, I don't really watch the comic book stuff. I, I know not of it. I'm sorry, I forgot. Dude. We have an intellectual in our midst. Yeah, I, I hold my pinky up when I sip my tea. You know, it's uh, you, look. Even sits and watches movies that that would never happen in real life. A man <laughs> turning green. <laughs> I have an inability to abstract, which is why when people are perhaps deceitful or you know odd with their motivations yeah it, it, it doesn't just roll off my back it seems but yeah i just think of ruffalo is interesting he's very swarthy you know is there a swarthier star than a ruffalo he's swarthy i would say oscar isaac is swarthy oscar oh it's a good call yeah, it definitely uh, they're in the same phylum when they're looking for a leader, leading man. I'm sure when one of them doesn't get a when one of them isn't available, then they call the other one. I'm pretty sure of that. I would have to guess it. Um, yes, where were we? Oh, oh, oh. Let's uh, oh, cool. get into the Harden coverage. Uh, James Harden, uh, not exactly getting the kindest treatment. Uh, it would seem in the coverage of this, and perhaps deserving of a lot of criticism. But one might argue. Uh, it, <laughs> That criticism would not find its way to him, but for this agentless situation. What's your take? Well, this, this is the curious thing. But it's not curious that people are down on Harden. It's curious that in the, I mean, we've had Harden Sixers kind of rumblings for about two or three weeks now, right? When was that Jake Fisher article about him not being happy in Brooklyn? Whenever that was, right? Yeah. At no point did I ever hear anyone questioning how much Harden had left. I mean, I brought it up. I said, hey, if you acquire him, remember, you guys are going to want an extension, and you have to worry about, like, this guy's had a lot of mileage, and, and uh, you, know, played, you know, he played a lot of games and a lot of minutes for a lot of years in a very high-impact style. So, uh, you know, I, I'm one of the people, people say he chokes in the playoffs. I say he's worn down in the playoffs is what I yeah. found. Right. So, but most of the talking heads and people, they don't bring that stuff up. Right. Until the day he gets traded, all of a sudden there's this tidal wave. I think Kendrick Perkins was the only person I heard on ESPN that was like, yeah, I think this is a great, great combo. Uh, and, and, and within that, obviously, you have to factor in that Perk has his own relationships. Mm -hmm. Like he's, he's, he's friends with Harden. He's, you know, he, he, he's real close with a lot of these guys, right? It's, it's by the way, that's how I knew the Harden doesn't like Brooklyn thing was real. Because mm. Perk said it. And I was like, if Perk, look, again, I know a lot of people don't like Perk because he, he, he got his country sayings and he gets excited sometimes and makes bold, grandiose predict, uh, predictions and uh, will uh, at times be perceived to be carrying LeBron's water or being very kind of, LeBron deferential, that's all well and good, right? But when Perk says something about so-and-so doesn't like such-and-such, so-and-so doesn't like playing this, like, that's not, 
him making predictions or, or doing kind of talking head stuff. That's him telling you. I've, I've sat next to him where he's texting dudes and they're texting him back immediately. He sends a text and next thing you know, you see them little dots. So when he said that, I was like, oh, yeah, this is real. This, is, this isn't like this Jake Fisher talking to the hot dog stand man and said, yeah, the guy was angry. He didn't have any relatives to fuck this town or whatever. You know, <laughs> that, That's not what's happening there. But overwhelmingly, I felt like the, the response was very negative towards Harden and, you know, and towards Daryl Morey. And I wonder, I don't think, I don't know if they're connected, but I wonder, is it about people feeling that, yeah, okay, let me just say right now, Ethan earlier said, uh, it, you know, behind the scenes, people were hearing the same thing. Right, you said. You can said. I don't even have my ear to gun, and I was hearing this stuff. So the the stuff that I heard was that like this whole situation is Daryl's concoction. Mm. That Daryl's the one that was putting it out there, and so in a way that like a month ago, I don't think Harden was thinking about going to Philly, but Daryl pretty much spoke it into existence. You know. Yeah. So. If that's the case, is this something where people are upset about how Daryl went about business? And they're mm. trying to, like, he's already got, like, a, he's a very polarizing person to begin with. Daryl Morey is. Is this, is he the casualty, I guess, here? And that's mm. like, they're attacking this deal because Daryl did it and not because Harden got dealt or because. You know, if looking for, or put it another way, if Elton Brand were still in charge and did this deal with Elton, would they be killing this deal as hard? Maybe I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm not sure exactly where the alliances are there because I know that Daryl hasn't had compunctions with uh, telling or giving the news to ESPN, um, at least to my memory. I, I remember Woj used to take shots at him back in the day, but you know nowadays. Not so much, so I'm not sure what happened here, but it does reveal something about Daryl's philosophy that's interesting. And now you talk about the corrupting relationships. We're saying Daryl because you know I, I I know I know him, right? Uh, you know we're not best friends or anything, but but I know him. And watching this play out was definitely um, of a piece with his mentality because people were saying you got to trade Ben Simmons, you got to trade Ben Simmons, you got to trade Ben Simmons. And I know the Daryl Morey philosophy on something like this. And it was it was written about wonderfully by uh, your own Weitzman. But it's just, I My want a star. Weitzman. I want a star. You know, I'm stacking stars. And if I can't get a star, then I don't care that Ben Simmons turns into nothing. It's star or nothing. Because that's the difference between us competing for a championship and not. It does nothing to me to get a role player. I do not care. I would analogize it to, I don't know, maybe it's fourth down and uh, the running back gets a toss and he's waiting for that hole to open up and he's maybe drifting towards the sideline. He's waiting for the hole to open up. If it never opens up, it never opens up, but it's pointless to just try to get, I don't know, like a few inches. Like it's, it's, it's pay dirt or nothing. That's the mentality. And so I, I am impressed because I, I look, this might not work out. Who the hell knows? Maybe Harden's washed up now. I have no idea. Doing the Mike Greenberg. I don't know. I don't know. But this is a <laughs> shot at something. And before this, there was no shot at something. So I would say this is exactly what he wanted. And uh, it's impressive to see it uh, pulled off. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. I don't, you don't see star-to-star trades very often in, in today's NBA, right? What was the last one, like Kawhi for DeRozan? Yeah. Was it, would that be the last star-for-star trade? I'm thinking I mean, Wall for Russell Westbrook, kind of, sort of, not really. Um, it only happens when the bloom is off the rose. Oh, I love, I love <laughs> that's a nice turn-up phrase there. The bloom is off the rose. Mm, such as when just, Derek Rose was swapped for. No, I can't remember. But anyway. I, I just imagined you with a turtleneck and a heavy pea coat and a like, <laughs> uh, sailor cap on and you're smoking out of a pipe and you've got a beard. You say, ah, the bloom is off the rose. Somebody crash on the deck of the SS. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a doctor. 
<laughs> Somebody texted me that my article today should have been called Woj Bombs. And I was like, ah, damn. Uh, yeah, probably. Should. Yeah, let's say. Uh, if I worked at it? the New York Post, you know, was if I worked a, at the. Yeah. Was that a, 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 a. What do you call it? Was that a paywall one, or did you make that open to the public? Oh, I paywalled this one. I, I don't have uh, an entire system worked out as far as which ones I do and don't. But for industry stuff, for deep industry stuff, I tend to paywall. That is how I file it away. Um, and now you, now you mentioned something. Can I, I'm going to play a little mm. uh, game of I'm going to interview Ethan now on his own program about oh. his own content. Okay. You you mentioned I don't I don't believe I knew this. <laughs> You mentioned that they've had meetings about you. What does mm-hmm. that mean? Now, let me see if I can pull that exact quote, ladies and gentlemen. So, I I I, I, I don't want to paraphrase weekly, right? Here, here it is. Uh, this is exactly the quote. I can say what others won't, just based on the medium. There have been meetings about me at ESPN, literal meetings. I yeah. understand that sounds crazy and it feels grandiose just to write it, and I don't chalk it up to being anything special. There just aren't many sports media people positioned outside of traditional sports media publications, but there's no easy way to leverage me if you hate being the article's subject. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's funny. It's not like I know what's discussed in the meetings on a granular level, but I've talked to multiple people, one of them not even in the NBA sphere of things who said bro i shouldn't even be talking to you we've actually like brought you up in a meeting and talked about it because well one of the things that they're wondering about i mean it's very amusing to me um and i i just i just think it's funny there's this idea over there of who's ethan's mole so this is the type of thing that's discussed who's his mole which i think is indicative of a funny premise um like that's a funny fallacy. These are secrets that no yes. mole is providing. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, it's that, and it's this idea of well, there must be one mole. There must be one, and I, I think about it like, dude, there's maybe one or two people I wouldn't feel comfortable calling and just shooting the shit with and talking about what's going on. This isn't the mafia. This isn't Eastern Promises, and Vigo Mortensen has to uh, maintain some sort of omerta. Uh, this company fires people all the time. There's no loyalty when it comes to this. Now, people don't want to talk on the record, obviously. You get fired if you do that. But just telling, hey, this is going on and that's going on, I mean, there's I, no I, reason not to. I guess my question, if, if this is true, right, that there have been meetings about you and your reporting, like, who cares, I guess? <laughs> Why would this be a, a company concern enough to have a meeting about it? I mean, companies take on the personality of their dominant leaders, I think. Oh, the... oh, oh so you're saying that someone is controlling an agenda, perhaps, <laughs> and making it a priority? <laughs> I don't really know. You know, be... the, the unfortunate aspect of this is that I'm not in the meetings. You know, I oh. hear things, but they don't invite me. <laughs> They don't invite me to it. I mean, I find it funny because I am doing them a favor in reference to you asking about the paywall. At least all this stuff is behind the paywall. And uh, in response to some people who say, why do you talk about this guy? Because that is going to be a response after we do this. Well, first of all, I don't even want to necessarily. I mean, I think it's it's newsworthy. um, We're not talking about if this was, again, if this was a case of... I'm trying to think of what was a trivial deal. Mm. The uh, Bull Bull traded to Orlando from Boston. And we're not dissecting that. We're talking no. about... No, th- this, a, was what, ser- this was served up to me on a platter. I didn't go in licking my chops saying, oh, I want to talk about I, w- I want to talk about Woj, but he just happened to tell the viewing public that the biggest NBA storyline uh, of the season wasn't happening and his colleague was uh probably incorrect for saying it was happening and then did this whole backpedal the next day and i i think would appear to have created a a crazy difficult to believe time i mean this thing was just served up to me what what do you want from me i mean i this this story chose me and it seemed like nobody else was really going to deconstruct it so there you go and it's good business hey 
You know, maybe we've had our uh, maybe we've had our run-ins with old Woj. Maybe we should wear a GoPro. I mean, when we go to summer league and just see how things go. But in this case, I can honestly say so it's not personal. Sta- it's why, just why business. We can capture him staring at me, which apparently <laughs> he did at the at the uh, what do you call it at the G League showcase a couple of years ago. He yeah, stared at stared at me and Ethan. That's when I renegotiated my deal with The Athletic, by the way. I mean, you know, since I could just be uh, fancy free with the audience here, I was considering at that moment when we went to G League Winter Showcase in 2019, um, hey, you know, my deal's coming up with The Athletic, but maybe I could get in good with ESPN. You know, I, I love being at The Athletic at that time, but, you know, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to get an offer from ESPN. And, hey, maybe I don't I don't rush back to The Athletic and say, hey, maybe we can work out a deal that, that, that sacrifices leverage. I look weak doing that. So, you know, maybe talk to ESPN, see what they got going on, see if, you know, maybe there's some interest. And then when I got word that I was being glared at... <laughs> I was hanging out with you at G League Winter Showcase. I mean, I went right back after uh, Winter Showcase to the Athletic and said, "Okay, let's let's, let's get it done." <laughs> There's you no way the, you did the age since and you walked in. You threw your hat on the hook. You saw who got the door. You grabbed your hat. You walked back out. Yes, exactly. It was just, oh, okay, okay. Uh, I'm not going to mess around. This doesn't seem to be anything other than a dead end, based on what I'm hearing. Uh, Based on my reporting, I do not think that we are in the deal zone with ESPN. I do not think it's going to happen. So, none of that. There's been no conversation at all. None, none. Um, <laughs> so, oh, we should. Yu Yang has been waiting forever. And if anybody else has some questions, we'll take some questions and we'll get on out of here. But let's get Yu Yang up here. He's been very patient, very patient. You are on, sir. You no, are. no, I'm. Oh, I love being patient, and uh, you know, hi Amin, hi Ethan. It's been my pleasure to be on the show. Um, definitely yeah. keep on, do, keep on doing the audio reads. Like as a subscriber, it's makes it worth every single penny. I'm telling you, Amin, he knows what he's doing, man. So keep on doing the audio reads. Boom. And and uh, I'm glad I waited so long because AA had an incredible questions. I, I I was listening to every single word he said about it being a propaganda, and I wish he could have stayed on. Um, mm. but um, okay, back to your article, right? I loved it because, like, about CAA and Woj, um, that connection, it felt like you did, like, a JFK kind of Oliver Stone style kind of <laughs> dissection. And just to be more, like, um, amateur detectives, you know, I want to just get to my question. It'd be really quick. So one of them would be, uh, what is, how is it benefiting uh, Brian Windhorse? So is he, like, a clutch guy? And then hypothetical question, did Brian Windhorse and um, Woj have a meeting about this where they disagreed? And then Brian Winhart said, forget it. I'm going to go ahead anyways because I know mm. I'm telling the truth. Mm. And then so in that sense, it's like the mafia, which is what like, you know, AA was saying, right? And then finally, um, is there like a conflict of interest between the NBA being a news broadcaster and then it being like a, a you know, a bro- they basically, they can't really be a, new, a true news broadcaster if they're also being like a broadcaster of the games. And finally, I have a Mandalorian quote. If you get it, this is my final three words. I have spoken. <laughs> yes. The Damn, Ugnot. I don't get that. That's the Ugnot played by uh, Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte plays uh, this little pig creature uh, called an Ugnot. And uh, every time he says something, he ends his, his very declarative statements with, I have spoken, which is a great way to end the conversation. Like, if you don't want to have a lot of back and forth about something, you say, I have spoken. And people will say, well, he's spoken. I guess that's the way it's going to be. Uh, I like that. He had a lot of questions. And I was like, they're good questions. I'm like, I knew by the end of the last line, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to remember everything. Uh, no, was, uh, the Texas governor, Rick Perry, where his, his campaign went up in flames because he listed three departments that he wanted to get rid of. And by the time he got to three, he couldn't remember. And uh, that's that's <laughs> the – once you get into three, that third is tricky. It's tricky. Um trying to remember he was wondering he was wondering if uh, if brian windhorse is a clutch guy i i don't think i mean to my knowledge i don't think brian is repped by clutch um, no 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 i think he's talking about in the same way that um like is that brian's kind of um consigliere's or what like that, that's that's his like you know how we said everyone's kind of got their own 
Yeah. You know, Bartlestein with Adrian and like Goodwin with uh, Mark Spears, you know, kind of or Chris Angel or whatever. Kind of like Yeah, that. well, I uh, think, yeah, I, I'll jump in on that one because obviously Brian has covered LeBron's career. Obviously, Brian knows people at Clutch um, and there's that connection. But I do think there's a distinction there. Even the Bartlestein, like Bartlestein's got that good connection with Woj. But it's such a distinction between that and literally being wrapped by the same agent. Yeah. Yeah. The absolutely. second should be at the very least disclosed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he asked if there was perhaps, hypothetically, a conversation internally about are we going to run with this news or not? And did Brian go rogue in essence and say, you know what? I believe in my reporting and I'm going to report it anyway. What do you think about that, Ethan? I don't know if they had a conversation previously, but it clearly was a situation where there's a sense, I guess, and it sounds insane to me, it, that there needs to be such a control level of all information inflowing and outflowing of you jump the line. You know, you weren't supposed to break that news. We were supposed to wait until our source wanted to break that news. I'm hypothesizing here. That's why I'm hypothesizing. My best guess, having some insight into the personalities of the, the, these two men, is that Brian is a fairly uh, upfront guy. I mean, I'll just say it. I, I'm not trying to protect him or pump him up, but he's not a bullshit artist. I've never known him to be a bullshit artist. So my best interpretation of events is that he's on television. He's talking extemporaneously. He's getting asked about this stuff. And it's just natural to be honest in that scenario. And it just seems like the honesty was not appreciated. That's my best interpretation. Yeah, I mean, you know, to me, again, it comes back down to this isn't an issue if you're capable of saying, I'm hearing different things. Yeah. I know what Brian is reporting. Like, if you just say outright, I know what Brian is reporting. I heard his report. I'm hearing different things, guys. Yeah. I don't, it's, it's, just, it's, a, it's a non-story at that point. Yeah. It's it's just, it's totally fascinating. And uh, let's get a question in from Jeremy over here, who's got a great avatar. Um, like, I don't know. Is that a bathrobe? What, what is that? What's Jeremy got? Or is that Jeremy? I don't know. I mean, I, my vision is, is poor. Um, Be a celebrity. I'm, I'm, I don't know. It says Jeremy. It, I don't think it is Jeremy. I think it looks like Cameron. I'm guessing. I can't remember. Oh, no, uh, the call gone. dropped. The call dropped. Cupcakes. Well, it's okay. We got we got cupcakes. My guy out of Chicago. You know, we get that great Chicago accent. And I can't wait to call him up to the floor. Cupcakes. Man, I feel like my accent isn't as strong as you make it out to be. Ethan. Come on, man. That's what you think. How would you know? You'd have no <laughs> way of knowing. How you doing? I'm good, fellas. Uh, I got to admit, I was nervous as a windy maniac. I, I was nervous when I saw everything coming out yesterday because I want my man to keep his job. I mean, he's, mm. a, he's, he's a pillar of, of the ample community with with beautiful hair. <laughs> he's one of our leaders. And um, I'm a fan of his. And I just want to know, like, does he have any reaction when an article like this drops by you? Is it a situation like you're one of LeBron's teammates? You're worried LeBron's going to trade you at halftime? Like, mm -hmm. how, like, like, what's the vibe there, um, you know, from that angle? Yeah. So, um, I guess full disclosure, because I just play by weird substack rules, I can be upfront about these things. I reached out to Brian for the thing I was writing uh, to do due diligence, and he did not talk for it. I think that this has all been very uncomfortable, as it would be for anybody, uh, this level of scrutiny. And reporters don't talk about it, but people who have gone through that thing of being out on that limb and saying something's going to happen and having it scrutinized in that way. I know the people, I think, was it Stephen A. who said that LeBron was going to Miami in the decision? Like Even yeah. somebody as confident as Stephen A., was feeling mighty seasick as it was going down. And so I just would assume that it's been a very uncomfortable couple days. And I have no idea what his reaction is to what I wrote. And I have no idea 
what exactly the fallout would be, but it should be good for him. I would think that it would be good for him that he was uh, put under a magnifying glass in this way and ultimately vindicated. Maybe not so much when it comes to the internal politics, but at least uh, as far as people watching, there should, in a just world, be some credibility gained by that, I mean, no? Oh, yeah, I mean, you know, again, uh, I, I, you know, I don't know how Brian reacted to all this, but I just, you can just have to assume as a human being, it can't feel fun, right? Yeah. To, again, not to have your, not to have a conflicting report, but to have your reporting, in essence, questioned by someone who's very powerful and influential, not only across the landscape of this sport, but internally in your building and among people who are cutting checks, right? So that can't be fun at the same time. Getting it right, though, at the end of it, you got to feel pretty good. No? Yeah, he's he's not the kind of spiteful guy. I know if this happened to you, if you were Brian Amin, you would be loving oh, it. I would do I would I would do it the Chris what, the Chris Haynes thing. Chris Haynes thing was perfect. Chris Haynes reported Gordon Hayward to Celtics. Adrian undercut him and uh, used Bartlestein as a as a as a uh, source and uh, as a name source on on the record. And a few hours later, lo, lo and behold, Gordon Hayward goes to Boston and Chris Haynes. All he does is he doesn't thread it. He doesn't quote tweet. He all he did was tweet a picture of Hulk Hogan cupping his hand under his ear. Like uh, you were saying, basically. That's, yeah. that's, that's how I'd react. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think you would enjoy the vindication. I think for Brian, just knowing him a bit, he, he would just rather be in a, a situation where such a thing wasn't happening and you could just do his job and not have such a, all of this. That's my best guess anyway. I, I did not talk to him for this. Um, and so, yeah, I, I we, we shall see. We shall see. Uh, taking the next call. Next call, Alonzo. Are you there? Jeremy. And then Jeremy's back, by the way. Hey. Jeremy's back. Hey, we'll get to guys? it. Hey. Uh, just wanted to, to kind of remove Wendy from the situation. Just pretend Wendy never came out with it. Does so are we to believe that Woj is going to come in at the last hour of the trade deadline and say, hey, all of a sudden, trade talks advance last minute. Here we are to trade. And would we have bought that? Or or would if, oh, uh, Woj have gone to the same Oh, kind of I like this. I like this hypothetical. Would he have gone to the same kind of heat? And this kind, is this kind of maybe a, a new moment where now we start to raise an eye, you know, when we start to hear, you know, smoke, there actually is really fire. That was mm-hmm. my main question. And then how is – Woj feeling right now with his sources is he hey you left me out to dry on Wednesday like where were you kind of oh, like no, how no. is he feeling Alonzo throughout this Alonzo let me stop let me stop you there it's not that his sources told let me start, let, I'll just put it this way I don't believe it's a case that he got bad information mm. I believe it's a case where the party he gets his information from didn't want that information out quite yet. Got it. Yeah. That's what I believe. Yeah. But how it would have been portrayed without Brian is an interesting question. Right. Um, What if it had a different timeline to it? It, Because there never would have been a need to say that uh, discussion is dead. That, That was prompted by Brian saying it was happening. So... Maybe we would have been told something totally different. And that's the insanity of this whole thing is the way in which uh, the information is not about the information. It's about placating the givers of the broken news and the current. Yeah. And let's 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 take a 30,000 foot view of this, because, again, my contention, the only reason it's it's interesting gossip, it's interesting scuttlebutt. But there is a point to be made here. And it's this. This undermines your product. If I'm watching television as an NBA fan and I'm just trying to, hey, what's going on with the trade deadline? And they ask Brian Windhorst and he tells me, he tells me that there's a deal perhaps getting cooked up between these two major players, the Sixers and the Nets. Well, I'm leaning in. I'm paying attention. That's interesting. It's not necessarily the broken news that it's happened, but this is 
This is in the mix and I'm following it on TV. That is value added for that TV show. Um, this approach they've gone down as a company whose primary job is to produce cable television. Oh, that was, I, I just remember one of Jeremy's questions. Yeah. Which was, before let me just or say Alonzo. it out loud. So the, or not Alonzo, Jeremy. was before oh. Alonzo. Remember, he had like eight questions that we've, I was there, we're not going to remember them all. One of them was, isn't there a conflict of interest in covering a league and also being the broadcast partner of the league? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's so many conflicts of interest in the NBA that that one is maybe, maybe I rank it seven. Like it's there. I just don't, don't necessarily think about it. I mean, that's, and I that's, th- every, that's every sport at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And it almost seems like the NBA does it wrong that they don't even get the conflict of interest that the, yeah. the NFL gets it, with the, uh, bend over backwards coverage. But yeah, I mean, that is definitely a conflict of interest. It's just one that in this dirty, dirty game that I don't think about as much as the others. But yeah, I mean, the point I'm making is that this tight information control for the sake of winning some stupid Twitter game uh, completely hinders your ability to make a good TV product and also digital product. And we want more of that juicy stuff getting floated out there on TV that makes for a better TV show. So I think that's a that's a point I was making. Let's take a question for Jeremy from Jeremy. Maybe make it the last question. Call him uh, up to the mic. Hey, hello. hello, can you hear me? Yeah. Uh, I, my question was: uh, I seen um, that you uh, had wrote on the Rachel Nichols situation, and uh, I was a big fan of the jump. With Rachel being fired, is the NBA today? basically like Woj's show that Malika kind of host, like has he come to power like completely uh, with Rachel being fired? Mm, that's a, that's a good question. Maybe, maybe one for me because you're a little better versed on the TV dynamics than I am. Is it his show? I don't know. Here's what I know. And I like, I like Malika. It's, it's, you know, these are, these are, this is an awkward thing. You know, Malika comes out of the Bay Area, uh, had a meteoric rise, but it's known that, you know, Woj is something of a mentor, right? So I don't know if I would say that it's Woj's thing, it's Malika's thing, but Malika and Woj have a professional dynamic. Is that a good way of saying it, I mean? Yeah, I would say so. Like, she was, she, you know, she was, Selected? Mm. Is that the word? Knighted? I, I feel like there's some yeah. word for this. Uh, yeah. It's not knighted. Because, yeah, I'm str- yeah. Because because if, if you look at... Anointed! Anointed. Anointed. There you go. She was anointed. Um, because, you know, her, her, her rapid ascension from... Uh, I think she was a beat writer covering the Bulls for the Chicago Sun-Times for maybe a season and a half gets assigned to do gets hired to do an ESPN Bucks slash Bulls coverage. And then yeah. very, quick, very quickly to New York to be nets and then very quickly sideline and then, uh, hosting the daily show. This is all in the span of, I want to say three years. It basically right. never happens that in your mid twenties. Yeah. Yeah. In, in the span of three years, and it, uh, that rapid ascension is in part buoyed by being anointed. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it I, helps ever. Like, like, I, I, I like again full disclosure. I know Malika. I'm friendly. I'm friend with friends with her. I like her a lot. She's a good person. She works hard. Um, but uh, her, but I just described to you right there was a very rapid, an uncharacteristically rapid ascension. Yeah. You've got to have a few things. You have to have all the cylinders firing. You got to be doing a good job and you got to have the right people looking out for you. I think is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, you know, doesn't take anything away, but it's all part of the uh, 
It's all part of the experience. Well, it is late. I am shocked at how many people got in on this room. Shocked and delighted. Uh, great questions as always. Amin, thank you for stopping by. Is there anything you would like to plug to the good people? Yes. Okay. A couple of things. Uh, first and foremost, Cinephobe is the podcast where Zach Harper and I watch movies poorly rated on Rotten Tomatoes, try to figure out whether they're accurately poorly rated or didn't get a fair shake. Cinephobe produced by Anthony Mays, wherever you get podcasts. Uh, we're doing, we're now in Black History Month, finally, after Stallone year ended with the movie Zookeeper. Uh, and the current uh, movie is Class Act, the 1992 Kid and Play Vehicle. So definitely check out Cinephobe. Uh, also, check out all my work with Levitard Show. I was in Miami all week long during Super Bowl week. Uh, we were doing, you know, instant reaction to a lot of this, the trade stuff that happened during the week. Uh, check out the podcast. Tom Habistro and I did a, uh, a live um, YouTube live uh, trade deadline show. And they posted it on YouTube. It's two hours long, but we had fun. We had uh, great conversations with Dan Levitard, dressed as Heath Ledger's The Joker. Uh, we had Steve Gatz on. We had uh, Renee Montgomery. We had Zach Harper. Uh, so definitely check that out. And just uh, all the Levitard and Metal Art stuff. Make sure you are a subscriber and you're checking out all that content. Everybody, be on the lookout for my narrated articles, my audio articles, uh, <laughs> consistently available to you by popular demand. Thanks, everybody. Get some sleep. Good night. I'll be back in the future. See ya.